Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, Recorded live. <coughs> Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry we're a little bit late getting on talk show. Unfortunately, we had some computer issues. Um, I guess the heat affecting the Internet, I suspect. So um, today we're going to talk about an or a subject that is um, one that is uh, becoming much more um, prevalent, or at least cognizantly prevalent, um, <clears throat> which is uh, marginalization. And a lot of the patients that I see uh, are referred to me after they have failed chemo, radiation, and surgery, usually in their stage four. <clears throat> and <clears throat> one of the things that that is um, very common with these folks is that they, they come to the office and they feel that they have to talk a mile a minute because they feel that they're under the pressure. And when I become aware of this condition, I um, I slow them down and tell them that they're not going to get the bums rush, and and a lot of them have expressed the fact that that we actually take an awful lot of time when we see people here in the office. We spend a a minimum of 30 to 45 minutes with them, trying to figure out what the history is of how they got sick, <coughs> and <clears throat> when they go to other doctors' office, they basically get the five to ten minute um, rush through because the doctors have to, um, are pressed to go talk to the next patient and the next patient and so forth. And one of the things that we talked about on our Wednesday lectures that we, we do here on Utopia every Wednesday, uh, or Wednesday conversations, they're not really lectures because it's all interactive, is that we talk about how um, people feel slighted when they go to the doctor's offices. And then, then we got seriously talking about a lot of different variables. And I said, you know what? Doctors are, yeah, they're guilty of that. <clears throat> However, aren't we all really guilty of marginalizing things? And so we started to really look at in depth of how society as a whole has um, decided that marginalization of people is something that is worthwhile doing. And, and a lot of that comes from the what can you do for me today mentality that, that's rather prevalent now more than it has been, say, 30, 40 years ago, um, where the value is a short-term value. What do I need today? What can you do to help me with my need? And then once my needs are satisfied, I no longer need you, so I'm moving on. And you know, this, this applies to, to a lot of things. <clears throat> it could apply to the ever-increasing divorce rate, um, the reason that people get separated um, quickly, why people go through uh, multiple partners relatively simply, um, it's because I think we start marginalizing all of our um, all of our experiences, um, and and start looking for just uh, a quick bang for buck, if you will. Um, Relationships. We, we want to have somebody come in, do something, 
get satisfaction, get the gratification we're seeking, and then uh, move on to our <coughs> to our next endeavor. And and it's something that people need to really uh, look at when they when they develop relationships with uh, their doctors, their dentists, their lawyers. <coughs> Uh, lawyers, on the other hand, because they get paid by the minute, uh, sort of tend to drag things out. So people really want to have a marginalized relationship with their attorneys uh, because they, you know, the more time they spend with them, the more they're going to get charged. So they want to minimize. They want to minimize it. And um, but but the, the relationships that you have with your kids, um, if things are drifting apart, if you don't feel that you are as close. To whomever you wanted to be close to or want to be close to as you were in the past, I think you need to start looking at whether or not these people have been marginalized. I mean, do you really appreciate them to the level that you appreciate them, say, five, ten years ago? Or are you appreciating them less? Um, are you giving them more time? Um, one of the things that we've noticed in, in when I compare cultures <coughs> is that... <coughs> Uh, especially, uh, especially Asian and 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 older European countries, um, they they still value their their elderly. Here we want to warehouse them. Uh, we don't want to necessarily take care of them. Uh, taking care of the elderly is seen like a uh, a drudgery by and large. We don't really appreciate um, the the wisdom and the experience that these people have had, and we marginalize them. And and so when you're met, when you're led to feel that you are not important, um, that has some profound effects because many people <clears throat> many people are um, programmed to feel good about themselves because other people feel good about them. The idea of internal worth, internal value, internal a generation of my value is X, Y, or Z, uh, just because I believe it to be, is something that is not um, taught in American society. It's not something that we propagate. Uh, we want to propagate being part of the masses. We want to be part of the herd. Uh, we want to make sure that other people like us. We want to have friends. If you start looking at social media, <clears throat> we don't really talk about uh, respect at all. We talk about um, do you want to offend me? Do you want to like me? Do you want to do whatever it is um, that doesn't necessarily have with it the um, the attachment um, or commitment, if you will? <clears throat> and I think that we really need to start looking at whether or not um, we are marginalizing our efforts uh, with ourselves because of the way we've been programmed. And so we need to start looking at why it is we have the value of self that we have. And very few people ever look at that whatsoever. Most people are out there looking at many different things and basing their value of, of, of self and worth by the number of people that they can attract, the number of people who show up to their party, the number of people that call them or, or send them wishes on their birthday and so forth and so on. And they keep track of it. They keep, they keep lo uh, ledgers and logs as to who's been who's been communicating with them, who's not been communicating with them, and, and so forth and so on. So, you know, when you go to the doctor's office and, and you're asked to wait because sometimes things do take longer than anticipated, and then you get in and they kind of try to rush you through, 
you need to stand up for yourself and say, wait a minute, you know, I, I made an appointment for two. I got it. Blank happens. We all live with it. We, you know, uncalculated, un unexpected conundrums uh, upset the apple cart. But, but really, um, what we really need to, to move here is, is the issue that we need to be able to tell these professionals that, by the way, you're paying. They're your employees. Don't forget that. And a lot of you don't even think that way, but you should. So when you're paying the employees for a reasonable amount of time, you shouldn't feel that you've been rushed out. Now, there's a fine line between being rushed out and a fine line between wasting people's time. So I have, you know, when I, when I notice that someone is just ranting and, or, or rambling about something that appears not to be important, I will refocus them and saying, how is this, what we're talking about related to your current plight? Tell me how this, this, this line of conversation um, is related to the issue that has brought you to my facility so that I can figure out what is not functioning for you. So again, a dynamic interaction and an interaction that's pro, you know, quid pro quo, that, that's respectful, is important to try to keep people on task because again, because people get marginalized, one of the things that happens is that when they get the opportunity, when they find a friendly ear, people want to vent. And they want to go out there and they just want to just spew forth all their, all their pent-up, not necessarily anger, but they want to be able to just, just release all the things that they've held trapped inside themselves because they haven't, um, they haven't had the chance to uh, bring closure, if you want to use that term, to whatever relationship there was. And, and there are numerous, doc, uh, numerous patients that come in here and they talk, um, you know, they're very upset uh, with other practitioners. And you, you sort of take them, have them take a deep breath, calm down, bring them back to ground zero and say, okay, but, but we haven't participated in this. Um, a lot of the times when patients um, finally come here, they're upset because eventually they figured out that uh, doing a mastectomy and then afterwards doing a PET scan, when the PET scan proved that there were metastases beyond the breast, was something that they would not have done had they had that information ahead of time. And so they feel betrayed. And so the doctors have been trained, interestingly enough, by attorneys, that when something kind of goes awry, what you want to do is not talk to the people. You want to avoid them. And again, when you avoid someone, you marginalize them. They, they perceive they've been somehow uh, hurt. They perceive that somehow someone has done some, something disrespectful to them. And instead of sitting down and trying to defuse the potential uh, explosion, what they do is they, they, they avoid them. They further marginalize them. So every time you avoid speaking to your boss, every time that your boss avoids speaking to you, every time things are pretty much put off, for whatever reason, they're being marginalized. When you don't address issues, they're being sort of avoided or ignored. Now, granted, you, you all know that, that all issues are not something that you need to address. And a little baby um, vomiting on your clothes is not something that you particularly want to um, hold on to for the rest of your life, at least I don't. And again, it's a matter of getting people on the same page that you're on. It's a matter of getting these individuals to understand what you're going through and getting these people to give you the time of day. So again, we like not to deal with issues because we're not a warm and fuzzy kind of a country, 
we're not big on investing in, in emotions. We want to sort of be productive and do some other things which have yielded in a cancer rate of about 50%, up from 5% at the turn of the century. And, and one of the reasons I believe that this does happen is because as society continues in this path that it's on, I think that more and more people are feeling that they are being marginalized and that they are um, not uh, producing uh, relationships and people aren't paying attention to what they have to say and they feel more and more frustrated and, and much more uh, anger and much more acidity and a lot less respect and all these things add up to not feeling good about yourself but not necessarily being able to put your finger on why you're feeling the way you're doing. And again, we, we were coming across that fact on uh, group. We discussed it last week, but the week before that, we were talking about, you know, became to, to my cognizant awareness that, that people do get marginalized a lot um, <clears throat> in a lot of different environments. Uh, everyone's in a hurry up. Multitasking is one of the best excuses for uh, marginalizing something. Um, yes, I, I, I want to talk with you while I send a text to somebody else. Um, you're not paying attention to either the person you're sending the text to and you're not paying attention to the person you're speaking with. Um, these are very important things to start taking note of, of how we all are embracing and being duped into thinking that marginalization is a, is a very good idea when I don't believe it is at all. I think it's, if anything, it's a terrible idea, it's a terrible concept that um, people need to start recognizing and start changing. It's, it's a lot of, basically, it's going back to what people want. People want respect and courtesy. And, and marginalization is total disrespect. That isn't to say that there isn't a time when you have to do something and you have to cut things short. And that isn't a time when, when you have people who like to ramble and you have to cut them short um, after you've given them some time. Um, again, the other aspect, if you've got the person who can talk the ear off the elephant, as they say, then you might want to bring this person to um, have a private conversation and say, look, I mean, you're a great guy or gal, for that matter. And, but, but, but the point is that every time I have a conversation with you, you speak forever about things that aren't really spot on. And so explain to them what kind of conversations you wish to have with them. You can have relationships that keep evolving, and in fact, all relationships do evolve. We just need to be able to be cognizantly aware that they're evolving in a way we don't want them to, and then moving in the direction where we do want them to. And once we start doing that, we can start moving things forward. So again, um, thinking about um, giving people time Spending time with people, allowing them to express themselves, telling them when you're lost, in other words, when they're saying something and you don't understand. Many times, I mean, I, this is actually, it's really not a ha-ha funny, but it's, a, it's an interesting, I guess is the correct adjective, an interesting conversation. I'm talking to this very nice man who says he goes to the hospital because he has some chest pain. They work them up. They say you've got a... a problem with your cardiovascular system, and they give them two choices. You can either have a stent or you can have open heart surgery. Well, the man says, well, I'll take a stent. They go back and they come back into his room and says, well, you know what? You're too healthy just to have a stent. You need to have open heart surgery. The man says, well, I thought about it, but I really don't want to have an open heart procedure. I want to do the stent. 
so they turned around and said, well, but you're too healthy to have the stent, so we're not going to offer you the stent anymore. And so he was offered either open-heart surgery or leave. He left. He tells me the story. <clears throat> and, I mean, I was sitting there kind of, like, bewildered. Like, I can't believe that these people recognize that a stent can help, so can open-heart surgery. You choose the stent. They offered you the stent. You made the choice of the offer of the stent, and now they're withdrawing the stent offer and telling you that your only option is open-heart surgery because you're too healthy. It made no sense. And so I stopped them, and I said, let me, let me just tell you what I understand because this makes no sense to me. And so everybody stopped, and I explained what I just said, and they all nodded their heads, and I looked at them, and I said, this is crazy. And they all looked at me, smiled, and said, yes, we agree. Thus, we're here. And, and so occasionally you're going to get stories. People are going to tell you tales that make no sense to you. But they've lived them, and it makes no sense to them probably either. So when things don't make sense, you need to have a conversation. You need to stop things, move forward, have a conversation, get on the same page whether it's getting them on your page or getting uh, you on their page. As I tell patients when, I, when they call up and I, I'm talking to them about their history, I says my job in this interview is to have you put me on your page so that I understand what it is you want to accomplish so that I can help them or tell them that I cannot help them. And so we move forward. So these are the things that we need to address publicly, privately, with practitioners, with our spouses, with our kids, with our relationships, whether they be familial, professional, um, whether they be social, so that everyone starts feeling that they mean something, that they, they are worth some of your time, not just give me the, the headline news so that I can move on and I don't care about the details. Because as my friend says, the devil, the details in the devil or the devil's in the details. And, and so you, you want to understand why they're doing what they're doing. Because eventually when people get very upset, then they start hollering and hooting. And then when people want to calm them down, they've been hurt so much by the previous marginalization that there's really no talk left in them. They just don't really care anymore. They just really want to move on with their lives. And, and regrettably, American society is moving to further and further marginalized uh, events uh, I mean, the most absurd thing I've I've witnessed myself was was a couple sitting across from each other on a table for two, uh, texting to each other as opposed to talking. I, I looked at my wife and she looked at me and we looked at each other and sort of like shook our heads saying, this makes absolutely no sense. So we're, we're depersonalizing. And when you marginalize, you depersonalize um, the relationships and you don't want to do that. You want to make it so that people know that they're important to you if they're important to you. And if they're not important to you or if the relationship is sour, then you, you, if you care about it, you try to figure out why it went sour. You ask them questions. And, you know, sometimes you ask questions and you don't get the response or you get told the response and the response is something you don't like, then you move on. But you can certainly make things happen. And you can certainly... Um, you know, improve the relationships and make people feel that they are valuable because as, as our, you know, my fear is that as the society continues on the path that it's in and other societies like it, um, there's going to be a lot of loss of harmony and, 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 
and there's going to be more and more marginalizations, and there's going to be much more more issues that will become more chronic diseases that are going to become more and more prevalent because we are social beings. We are we are designed to have interactions of meaning, and that's the problem. When we have interactions and we deem them meaningless, that's when the issue starts. That's when the problem starts. And that sets for acidity, and that eventually sets for chronicity, and it sets for for a lot of the issues that we're trying to mitigate to prevent and get people to overcome. I mean, the ounce of prevention can be as simple as giving somebody five more minutes of the day because they're asking for it, and it's no sweat off your back. And I think we're losing that ability. Um, to recognize that that five more minutes of your time can make a huge difference to somebody's life. And you you don't see it because you're too busy with your own life. And I guess that in the old days, everybody was sort of a good neighbor because they cared about people, they knew about people, they knew about people's lives. I mean, I've, I've got some younger staff that tell me that their kids, uh, you know, when they date now, they ask for a credit score. I mean, how absurd can that be? What is your credit score? But on the other hand, when I stopped off and I looked at it, I said, you know what, given today's society, I can see why people would ask for a credit score because it is a very important um, a, important aspect of, of life going forward because you do want to make sure that your partner is not going to be an anchor. And regrettably, when those partners become anchors, Eventually, the, net, the, the, the knee-jerk response, regrettably, is, um, let's trade them in, let's get a new one. And, and that happens more often than most people would, would really care to understand. So, uh, again, it's just a matter of people um, looking forward to not the greater good, but actually, you know, like what's in their best interest? Cause, and, and if you don't want to have a relationship for God's sake, get rid of it. Okay? I mean, there's many ways that you can get rid of, of relationships. You don't want to be burdened by something that you don't really want to be in. Um, terminating relationships can be very, um, you know, can be done very civilly. It doesn't have to be done with um, with any anger or disdain. Um, you, you know, you, you can use the infamous friend line. Oh, let's be friends. That's always a kiss of death. Um, so that you can um, you can you know move on. So, but but eventually, you, part of what you need to do, what a, part of what people need to look at or should look at, is <clears throat> what kind of relationships are we developing? What kind of infrastructure are we having? Remember, you're going to teach your kids by your actions, and so if you marginalize people, you teach your kids how to marginalize others. Don't be upset when you get to be older and your kids marginalize you. Gee, Dad, don't have any time for you. Uh, I think Jim Croce had a song about that circa 1973. Um, cats in the cradle with a silver spoon, and, you know, the, the dad's always working, making money. He had no time for the kid. Then he, he retires. The kid's working hard. The old man wants time with the kid, and the kid's just basically doing exactly to him what, what uh, he did to, to the child when he was young growing up. And you can change it. Even if even if you had a terrible childhood, it doesn't mean you have to propagate that idea and that concept along with it. So the, 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 
the ball's all in our courts. Not, you know, we we are all in the same place. We're all in the same area. We all make the same mistakes. Um, the more I do this, the more mistakes that I've made I've become cognizant of, and the more restitution I try to make to myself and and try to figure out what it is that I can do to you know, make my life better because the only person who can make my life better is me, just like the only person who can make your life better is you. So in short, we have a great deal of um, of time. A lot of it is wasted. We can spend it on people, make their lives better, make our lives more fruitful. You should be getting something out of the relationship equal to the amount of effort you put in. It should not be a one-sided relationship, no matter what it is or with whom it is. And if it isn't, then you need to stand up for yourself and stop and, and evaluate the relationship with either the practitioner, the family members, colleagues, friends, um, associations you may be in, um, and move forward. So marginalization, it's, it's unfortunately present, becoming more and more prevalent, I think, and regrettably it appears to be a part of, of everyday life with people accepting it and, and not being the wiser. But it, it doesn't have to be so if you don't want it to be so. It's, every one of us can make a difference. Every one of us can change it. Everyone can do whatever it is we want to do with it. It's it's all up to us, and we matter, we count, and um, and this is something that um, isn't being spoken about. The other thing that we should talk about also is um, having wellness conversations. When a relationship is doing well, I venture to say that 98, if not 99% of the people just take it for granted. Try something different. When your relationship is going well with your partner, spouse, children, colleagues, whatever, um, tell them that things are going well. Reinforce the fact that things are, are functioning correctly the way you want them to. Give them positive feedback because I guarantee you when something isn't right, you're going to have conversations that aren't right. So when things are going right, for God's sakes, have conversations about what does go right because you can make it right. You can you can make things happen. You have that power. You have that ability. But we've been programmed to deal with negativity. What I'm trying to get everyone to look is the glass half full, not half empty. When things are going well with your spouse, with your children, with your colleagues, with your friends, you want to have some fun? Sit them down and tell them how great the relationship is. They'll be blown away. Why? Because the programming is when... The blank hits the fan is when you have a conversation. Think of it. Nothing's hitting the fan. You're having a great conversation. You're telling them they're a great friend. You're telling them they're a great partner. You're telling them that great kids, you're proud of them, and they'll be blown away because most people are just used to being asked or being addressed when they do things that are negative. So we address the negative we take for granted and ignore the positive. Again, we marginalize the positive unless it's something over the top. And then we say, wow, zowie. But, but aside from the over the top, we marginalize. And that is hurting all of our relationships, and it's hurting us. 
although we don't necessarily see that immediately. I guarantee you, the more marginalization in your life, the worse off your life is. And the more acidic you are, and the more prone to diseases you are, and then you don't feel good, and you don't produce as well, and yada, yada, yada. You know, the snowball effect. And we can make that all better. That can happen. It's in our power to do so if we choose to do it. And again, if not, then people choose not to. Hey, one of the things I forgot to do at the beginning of the talk show was um, was to give a disclaimer, which <laughs> i got to do that. It's one of those things that I forgot to do. Uh, i got to boot it up. It's booting. Um, but it's very, very important. Um, and it was an oversight because I had difficulty getting on the Internet. I rebooted my computer, so I had to do it. So the intention of this talk show is for information and educational purposes only. Any medical advice given on the show or read on either Bill Henderson's website, which is beating-cancer-gently.com, or Utopia Wellness's website, which is utopiawellness.com, should not be substituted for an actual visit with a medical provider. Since definite diagnosis and treatment are not offered, there is no doctor-patient relationship. We strongly encourage any information that you receive and perceive applicable to your situation from this talk show. Be discussed with your personal medical provider to determine what is best for you or to contact Dr. Garcia at 727-799-9060 to schedule a free, non-obligatory consultation. The obligatory, the free consultation, by the way, only applies for those people with a diagnosis of cancer, just to, to clarify that. So, yeah, okay. Apparently, I just dropped off. Huh, don't know why. Let's see, why did I drop off? Can you hear me now? Hmm. Oh, well. Hello. Okay. The sound just went completely off the site. Don't know why it went off the site, so we can call it a wrap. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.